Hey, Explorers, welcome to episode 232 of the TDR Now podcast, the first English-speaking podcast focusing on the Disney parks in Asia, including Tokyo Disney Resort, Hong Kong Disneyland, Shanghai Disneyland. We also talk about Universal Studios Japan and the upcoming Ghibli theme park whenever that's opening. And we're coming to you directly from Japan. You can find us over on our website at tdrexplorer.com. We're also all over social media at tdrexplorer. And I'm one of your hosts, Chris, the chief content editor for TDR Explorer. And I am the one that is wishing that we could get Starbucks in the park, but that is not a thing. (laughs) Imagine, imagine, okay, this kind of ties into our last episode. Imagine if Disney here did have Starbucks in the parks. Oh my god! And they, they're like 48, you know, the 48th flavor or something. (laughs) The Disney flavor. (laughs) The Disney flavor. That, that'd flavor. be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and joining as always is the wonderful Patricia. Uh, hey guys, I am the one. Oh, uh, <laughs> drinking cocktails at the top of the new Hyatt Regency Tokyo Bay. <laughs> they upgraded the hotel. <laughs> I don't Wait, know what where's the- this. It's <laughs> so it used to be a Hyatt place. And the pandemic happened, and they're like, oh, grand opening, it's now Hyatt Regency. <laughs> and I'm like, what could you have possibly have changed that much to make it a Hyatt Regency? It doesn't even have a pool. So I'm like, okay. But, you know, the rooftop bar, I liked it before. I still like it. It's really great. Not open 24 hours anymore. They close at, I think, midnight, but uh, not now because of the pandemic. Wait, where, where is this? You know, Hyatt, Hyatt Place. Hyatt Place is across from uh, Mitsui Garden Hotel. And where's Mitsui Garden Hotel? In Shinurayasu. Shinurayasu on the bay. Okay. Like next to the ocean. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking like by the station. No, no. My neighborhood. Okay. I was getting over. really confused. Okay. I was I was like, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Okay. Yeah. It's been closed for a while. Like they, because the other hotels like Comfort Suites and the Disney Celebration Hotel and La Jean, they have they opened fairly quickly, but Hyatt was closed. They just reopened this month, actually. That's how long they've been closed. Yikes! Yeah, like a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, you know, so wild. But they're open now, and uh, they have these new cocktails to celebrate the. The grand opening that was really a reopening. And uh, they have new management, though. So I guess technically it's a new opening, but it's still mm. the Hyatt. They just I'll upgraded have to go check it. that out. Yeah, it's the rooftop bar is fantastic. They have outdoor seating at the restaurant downstairs. It's, you know, it's fine. But yeah, they have vermouth, which a lot of bars here don't have. So I can get my Negroni there, which I was, I actually drew a picture of it in my schedule book. I was super oh. excited. <laughs> Nice. Oh, it's good. It, things are slowly getting better, worse. I don't know what's happening right now with the Olympics, but, you know, <laughs> vaccines are slowly coming. So it's all good. Yeah, slowly. Mm-hmm. Well, before we start talking about our topic today, I want to remind our wonderful explorers about our Patreon. So if you want to support the show, uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash TDR now. And we have different rewards over there. One of them is the $2 level. You get early access to all our episodes, so you get them at least 24 hours before everybody else. And it does help support the show. It helps keep it free. So thank you so much for everyone that is already supporting us over on Patreon. 
And we, re- we really do appreciate you guys. Again, you can head on over to patreon.com slash TDR now. We're talking about things you can't do at, to- to- at-, at-, at Tokyo Disneyland. What <laughs> accent was that? Wow. I don't know what that was. Things you cannot do at Tokyo Disneyland. <laughs> oh, I, I really don't know what accent that was. I really don't. That was weird. I mean, it's interesting because, like, speaking of different management, yeah, Tokyo Disney Resort is not under the Walt Disney Company, right? So there are different rules. Yeah, so I thought this this would be a good one to talk about because there are certain things that we get asked a lot. Mainly, it's assumptions that Tokyo Disney Resort is run by Disney, which it is not, like you said. And that means things work differently here. And things that you think should work the same here definitely do not. Or things that you think should be here aren't. Yeah, Tokyo Disney Resort is run by a company called Oriental Land Company. And they do things their own way. (laughs) Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it leaves you scratching your head thinking, "Why? why? Why are you doing this? But for those of you that are living in japan you kind of understand right? <laughs> like it's like uh yeah it's a japanese company you know <laughs> sometimes decisions just don't make a lot of sense but hey is what it is so i thought we well, we could talk about just things you can't do that may surprise you i guess sounds good sounds super <laughs> that sounds super good actually because like there's a lot of things that i think will surprise a lot of people living overseas yeah We'll just start with number one here, just to get it out of the way. Disney pin trading. There's none of that here. It used to be here. Okay. I heard, I I wasn't there for that time, but I heard it got out of hand and that's why it was canceled. Yeah. That's (laughs) Japanese friends. I've asked them, ones that, you know, obviously live here and they remember saying, yeah, I think it was like early 2000s, 2000s, late 90s, something like that. I can't remember. I, I can't remember exact dates, but. Pin trading came in and yeah, it got wild, like really bad. Like people would set up areas on like a sheet with their pins and stuff, right? Yeah. It just, it became like a safety hazard too. I think that's the excuse they used. It was more of an annoyance hazard because, okay, have you ever been involved in any other nerd culture things here? It's really interesting. So like the blind bag culture, like now a lot of it is done online. But like if you go to like a themed cafe or something and there's like blind bag items, people will separate it and organize it in little plastic bags that they get at like the 100 yen store or whatever. And there's like a whole like trading culture and like certain items have higher value and you have to negotiate and it's like super interesting. So I can see at Disney, I can imagine how it could kind of get out of hand because it's like, you know, especially with a lot of people doing it and so many different kinds of pins and things from overseas and limited edition. I can see how it could get pretty wild pretty fast. Oh, that would make sense. It could lead to fights. (laughs) I hope not. Yeah, but But it sounds like it could. But maybe it's only like the fandoms that I've seen in person. People are pretty decent. Like, I mean, you might get rejected for a trade because maybe they're looking for a specific thing. But I, I usually don't see 
any fights outside of online. Online, I've seen some some people get mad at some shady things that people were doing. But other, like in person, although Disney fans are a whole other <laughs> category, the right? So whole other, yeah. <laughs> I can see them getting into fights with cast members potentially, right? Because I've I've heard of that mm. stuff going down in the states. Like there's certain pins that they want from a cast member or something like that, and the cast member has to be willing to trade for the pin or whatever. So I, I can see that if that's happening in the States, I can also see it happening here. Oh, definitely. And for uh, the pins, that's not to say Tokyo Disney doesn't have pins. We do. There are, but there there's not that many. Like it's usually a seasonal pin to go with the event. Mm -hmm. And then maybe if it's an anniversary or something, yeah. or we're seeing more pins from the attractions. But it's more, it's just one pin and that's it. No, yeah. It's not like we have walls of pins. That's not a thing. No. There's one little section and there's maybe 10, 15 pins and then that's it. Mm -hmm. Like that, That's all you're going to find. Unless you do the games and that's an yeah. easy way to pick up a bunch of pins. Yeah. Those change every few months. Yeah. Usually. But none of those really say like Tokyo Disney on them. They're just whatever flavor of the month i think they might say it on the back i don't remember yeah I, I don't do them all that often like i don't collect the pins so i'm not sure i they might they might say tokyo disney resort on the back like they i'm not might sure might have it on the back yeah that it's not mm. on like the actual design itself but like potentially on the back yeah so whenever people get to come to tokyo disney resort leave your pins at home there's no point in bringing them don't bother bringing your pin lanyard or anything if you're a pin collector it's just extra weight. You don't need to bring it, no. bring it to Japan because it can't do anything with it. Like so. you could probably bring pins home. Like I haven't yeah. looked at the secondhand stores for Disney pins. We're looking at other stuff if we go to look at that. But I imagine there must be a secondhand store that has them, right? Yeah, places like Robot Robot. I know we talked uh -huh. about that before with in our Nakano Broadway episodes that we've done in the mm -hmm. past. Places like that will have pins. But again, there's not that many. But you might be able to find grand opening pins for attractions from like years ago. Yeah. I remember finding one for Pooh's Honey Hunt and things like that. You kind of have to work for it, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, if you're not using Mercari or something like that, like going in person is kind of a hassle. And like knowing if it's like the appropriate price, like without doing research, it's hard to tell, I think. So you have to kind of like use your own judgment, but you could bring home a really cool souvenir that way. Yeah. So number two here is uh, food customization. Oh, this is a huge one. This is a big one. <laughs> I feel like people get irate over this. They do. They get very upset. For most of us coming from Western countries, you can customize food out the wazoo. Yeah. Any, like pretty much everywhere, not just Disney parks, but everywhere you go, you can customize food. Mm -hmm. And in Japan, it's not that common. Not to say that you can't. There are restaurants that, that do do it. Yeah. But for Disney in particular, and more the counter service restaurants. Yeah. In general... Yeah. Customization doesn't happen. You might be able to do it at the table service. Might. Maybe. It depends on the restaurant. It really, really depends. Yeah. It's a very big culture shock to people when it comes to food customization. So if you think that just asking them to not put lettuce on the cheeseburger is not a big deal, it is. 
it they'll they'll have to like consult and stuff <laughs> like i've asked for in the past i've asked for like a sauce not to be included and they've done it and they're like do you have an allergy and i'm just like yeah yeah that's that's why and then they consult and it's like a whole thing they're like oh is this okay and they're consulting with other people and it's like a whole process and then they're they they were like okay if you don't need to it's a hassle and you might get rejected anyway yeah every time i've ever tried i've been rejected what were you asking for i don't even remember i just kind of block it out of my mind yeah it's just that's just how it is here it's like an efficiency thing and also just everyone gets the same thing no matter what that's just how it is when it comes to food allergies more often than not they're going to tell you to order from the allergen free menu mm-hmm. which is extremely limited it's very limited yeah i'm talking like one or two items if you have let's say a gluten intolerance or you need something that's gluten free oh, forget it yeah it's, if it's not on the menu it's, like it's on the not, special menu, it's not. It's, it's not, not happening, happen. and that's tough. And I, I get that. So plan, plan ahead. What they do let you do, and if you called and asked, what they would tell you to do is to bring it. And I think there is a place where you can keep it refrigerated, and then they would have you either eat in the picnic area, or if you have children, you can eat in the area, the baby care center. There's like an area where you could eat. So for kids, it's it's more flexible because you could eat in the park as long as it's in that area. But for adults, I think they ask you to go to the picnic area. Yeah, and they have like microwaves and stuff you can use in the mm-hmm. parks for certain like food that you do bring in. But yeah, more often than not, they're going to tell you to eat outside the park. So it's it's just it's a really big hassle. Yeah, and unfortunately, that is just how it works here. There's really no way around it. I wish I wish it was easy, but it's not. This isn't unique to Disney. This is Japan. Yeah. You can't even go to McDonald's and customize your cheeseburger. You get the pickles, the onions, the ketchup. <laughs> that comes on it, no questions. If you ask for without, yeah, it, it's a whole it's a whole thing and it becomes just cumbersome. Or just like, is, oh, yeah. Like I don't want to deal with this. I, I feel like it has to be a restaurant that either they advertise that you can customize or it has to be a yeah. very high end restaurant. Yeah, if you're paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars, then yeah, they're probably going to bend over backwards for you. But if you're spending $3 at McDonald's, yeah, no, no, just it's like, not no, happening. This is what you get too bad. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. Keeping with the food trend, vegan food. Oh, especially now. So vegan food is, well, just to be very blunt, there's nothing advertises vegan at Tokyo Disneyland or Disney Sea. Not at all. You have to do your own research. And even then, that is super hard because even if you research going online, I think somewhere on the official website, they'll list ingredients in some of the food, but it's only in Japanese, right? So it makes it very tough. Yeah, it's just it's just so much easier. And you'd have a better selection if you just bring your own yeah. stuff. So with the, uh, with the vegan food stuff, if you ask a cast member they're probably not going to know what you're talking about or really understand what you're asking. Yeah. Vegan is such a like kind of a new thing here. Like there are vegan restaurants in in the like, city Tokyo there's a lot stuff. of selection. Yeah. yeah. But at the parks here, no. Even vegetarian food is kind of hard to come by. And like they don't put a lot of effort into no. it. So it's like bare minimum. 
Yeah, like they even got rid of the vegetarian rice bowl they had at Cosmic Ray. Not Cosmic Rays. I call it Cosmic Rays all the time. Plasma Rays. There we go. Yeah. Tomorrowland. There used to be a vegetarian. It was advertised as vegetarian too. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Bowl. It was good. And now it's gone. It's not there. Man. So unfortunately, that's just how it is. In Ixpiari, there is a grocery store, the Seijuishi grocery store. Mm. So you can go there and find food to help. But again, it, it, it can be very hit or miss, especially yeah. vegan food. That's really hard. The problem with Seijuishi is two things. One, it's a high-end supermarket. The other, it is a very limited supermarket because it's not expected yeah. that people do groceries there on a daily basis you'll probably have a much better uh shopping experience going just one station over to shinurayasu and like for example eon actually has a really good selection of so many different things like they they have a big gluten-free area so you'll have a much better chance to find the things that you're looking for like for example there and then they also have the other supermarkets so if you want to also check out for example seijuishi they have that if you want to go to like another specialty store they have kaldi there as well so you have a pretty good selection as well as the fresh market inside the station that has lots of great veggies and seafood and other selection yeah, if you want to do some proper grocery shopping, going yeah to Shinurayasu Station is a better choice. Yeah, say Seijuishi is kind of like if you're kind of in a pinch and yeah. you don't really want to go far. If you want to overspend, yeah, go to Seijuishi. It's not cheap. Yeah, no. it's, it's it's priced higher. Moving away from food, Tokyo Disneyland doesn't use magic bands, so you can't use magic bands here. Yeah, pretty simple. A thing. It's not a thing. That's only Disney World. That gets asked a lot, and yeah, just not a thing here. I don't think it ever will be. No, I, I highly doubt it. And that leads into you also can't make fast pass or advanced fast pass reservations. COVID aside, we don't have fast passes right now at all. In the before times, fast passes were done through the Tokyo Disney Resort app, and you do it the day of your visit. Yeah. So you don't have to stress about deciding what ride you want to ride in eight months time <laughs> yeah that's not a thing here at all so you don't really have to worry about that there are things called like the standby pass and the entry request which we've talked about in previous episodes so you can just kind of scroll back and you'll see we have an episode about about standby pass so you can go and check that out if you're curious as to how that works you can't get Starbucks in the park. I already mentioned that, I guess, briefly earlier. <laughs> it makes me so sad. Yeah, we don't have Starbucks in either Disneyland or Disney Sea. And like the Starbucks that we do have at Mayama doesn't have Disney Parks merch. So that's it's a no-go as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a normal Starbucks. At least we got two that are on top of each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that. There's that for sure. And you can bring it into the park. That's okay. I always feel weird doing that. Nah. I see the kids doing it all the time with Doncha. So if they're doing it, I have no issues with it. There's that weird line where it's like drinks are fine. Yeah. Like outside drinks are fine, but you can't bring in outside food. Oh, no. They'll tell you, okay, remember, you have to eat that in the picnic area. And yeah, you just like, okay. And then yeah. if you do eat, you do have to go to the picnic area because you're not supposed to eat in the park. But the drinks is okay. And snacks for kids is okay. 
for yeah, example. Yeah, like small little snacks are fine. But yeah. Like we're, we're talking like if you went and bought a grocery bag full of food, that's a big no. It's it's kind of like a fine line because onigiri rice bowls is not okay, right? Which is borderline snacky. Yeah, like it's fits in your hand. Although I have seen some people sneak sneakily eat a rice bowl here and there. But you do run the risk of the cast member telling you it's not okay. If it's a small little snack like a chocolate bar or something like that, yeah. it's fine. Crackers, rice yeah. crackers, cookies, that's fine. Staying in the park past 10 p.m., you can't do that. You could, but they'll tell you to get out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess what I mean is the parks aren't open late. No. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> the parks close at 10 and that's the latest they're ever open except for New Year's when there's and the New Year's party. There will be a cutoff for the attraction line. So don't expect it to be 10 o'clock and you're like, oh, I can still make this attraction if I run. No, it's probably already shut down a bit before, depending on the length of the line for the attraction. Yeah. And the reason for this is because, well, one of the reasons is the trains in Japan don't run 24 hours. Yeah. And a vast majority of people rely on public transportation. So for guests and cast members to get home, they need to close early. Mm-hmm. So those cast members can get home and the guests can get home too. Because trains usually end around midnight. Around that time, yeah. Yeah, 11.30 midnight. So obviously we can't have the parks open until 2 a.m. Like how they do it in, in the U.S. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right, because sometimes the parks are open late, aren't they? Like one, two oh, a.m. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like they open early sometimes, like really early. Yeah, I guess yeah. The parks are never seven a.m. I think is the earliest I've ever seen. I think so. Here, yeah, and like the only exception would be New Year's, where they'll do the park is open all night, and yeah. that's the only time. And that's a one one night. A exactly. Year. Yeah. And when there's buyouts of the park, the park will close early for the oh, general yeah. public, like five, six o'clock. And then the party only goes until 10, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of parties, things you can't do at Tokyo Disneyland, you don't pay for the parties. Well, because we don't have any. Uh, I mean, Christmas or Halloween parties. Yeah. I mean, the things that would be considered part of a party have always been included in your ticket price. Yeah. So, so you don't you don't have to pay for it. It's yeah. included. And it's not on special days. So Halloween is every day and Christmas is every day. Yeah. Like for now, at least. Yeah. It's including your park ticket. There's usually events like not right now, but typically there's events year round and you don't pay anything extra and there'll be a seasonal show. There'll be merchandise. There'll be food and decorations. And the only thing you pay extra for is the merchandise and the food. Mm -hmm. Everything else is if it's on display in the park, you can see it. Yeah. Simple as that. Alongside everything else in the park. Right. So it's a nice little park. Another thing is you can't get free buttons here. This has always made me so sad. <laughs> I love the buttons at the overseas parks. And and so like the thing is, it's only here because if you go to like China, for example, they do have the button badges there and they will give it for like your birthday or whatever. So it's it's only Japan. We have birthday stickers and first attract first time riding an attraction sticker and a park debut sticker. And that's it. Yeah, and it's sticker. It's a right? sticker. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't have free buttons. You can buy buttons. There are buttons you that can you buy can them. buy. 
Yeah, but it's not as fun. <laughs> no. I love I love going to Disney World and getting a button for whatever the occasion is, like whether it's a birthday or family reunion or something. There's like there's like a huge variety there. It's really fun. Another thing that you can't do at Tokyo Disneyland is using US Disney gift cards. Yeah. They're, this is asked a lot, uh, surprisingly. And Disney dollars too, right? Yeah. Tokyo Disney does have its own gift cards, but obviously you have to buy them here and they're, yeah. only, they're only valid here. So Disney gift cards from anywhere else in the world, Mm-mm. you can't use them here. No. It's a completely different currency. And I guess on top of that, Tokyo Disney doesn't take US dollars. That gets asked a lot too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, oddly enough. Are um, there other theme parks that do take foreign currency? That's such a weird question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I don't think so. Like Hong Kong doesn't, Shanghai right? doesn't. Well, the US parks don't. Like they don't yeah. take foreign currency, right? Right. That's a very common question, oddly enough. Oh wow. But yeah, it's Japanese yen in Japan, and you mm-hmm. have to kind of you have to have Japanese yen or use your credit card if it works. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a this is like a hot topic. Oh especially man. Between especially with non-Japanese guests like that are, yeah. that come here. You can't take photos or video on every ride. Yeah. And sometimes Sometimes the rules are very strict. So Japan is very rigorous with its rules. There's almost no flexibility. It's mm-hmm. kind of, it's very binary. It's like, yes or no, that's it. Yeah. No matter how arbitrary you think it is, if it's a no, it is a no. I think the Zero reason exceptions. for that is that if there's a loophole, people will find it and break it or use the loophole. Like, I think that's why they're so rigid. Mm -hmm. you know because people will abuse uh, something that they can't abuse in the rules if they find it i mean it it makes sense but it's also confusing i mean it's not because there's signs everywhere so look at the signs there's signs at every attraction and there will be an english announcement as well and it'll tell you what you can and can't do no photography or no flash photography but the only thing that's slightly confusing is that Sometimes you can take pictures as long as there's not an LED screen. So, for example, if you have a camera that has a viewfinder, that's fine. But you cannot have a screen because it's bothering the people sitting behind you. Yeah. Which is like common courtesy, you know? Yeah, it, it kind of boils down to common courtesy, like not bothering people around you. That's kind of one of the reasons why those rules are in place. Right. Absolutely. That and, and safety if it's like a fast-moving attraction, right? But They don't want you dropping your camera or something. To contradict everything, Beauty and the Beast, it's free for all. They don't care. Take as many video <laughs> and photo as you want. But there's signage telling you it's okay, so. Which is right? like, it's so weird because on Pooh's Honey Hunt, you're not supposed to, right? Yeah. So it's just like, they're kind of the same type of attraction. I wonder if it's because of the little plexiglass. It uh, it's probably, it's probably more promotion than anything. It's like, oh, people are going to talk about it. Yeah. That's my, my thought. Another weird one that people like, trips people up is like taking pictures inside the queue for Tower of Terror. Oh, well, they'll tell you you can't take pictures in the queue. Yeah. Well, I mean, like guests get, uh, non Japanese guests get really confused. Like, why am I not allowed to? It's yeah. Like, I, it's I, a stupid I, I, rule. I, I don't understand why either. Yeah. It's a, I, I don't agree with them. Like, what? It makes no sense. It makes zero sense. But you can go into Toy Story and take the picture yeah. in there. I don't get it. It is like the stupidest rule, and I've never understood it. I think originally it was that they wanted people to go and see it in person. 
And so it would kind of drive people wanting to check out the, cause the, the, the thing is, it's a, ri- okay. So like looking at Toy Story, the queue is pretty basic and not gorgeous, but when Tower of Terror opened, it was, you know, really gorgeous attraction and you can take pictures in the outer indoor queue. That's fine. But once you get inside, there's so much detail and everything. And I guess what it might also be is that maybe they were worried it would hold up the line, but because it is a really gorgeous queue. But I think it's it's a mix of that they wanted people to go actually go to the attraction and they wanted probably not to hold up the line. So, yeah, it's just pay attention to the signs. Because cast members will come and do that, you know, the infamous X with their <laughs> the <X> arms, mark. <laughs> telling you no. Don't do it. I really have no good explanation. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just how it is. It's usually for, like, common courtesy to the guests. Yeah. You. Usually that's what it boils down to. But another thing that you have here is allowing costumes. Yeah, this is something that really fascinates me. Like, the only time that you can wear costumes in the park is, and this has changed. Over time, it used to be like really specific days and then for how like during Halloween and then they changed it at one point that you could wear costumes every day during Halloween. Is that still the case? I don't even remember anymore. Yeah, last time there was a Halloween event, it was every day. Every day, right? Yeah. And then there's like the, the website will tell you the rules. So Disney bounding is okay, but usually full all-out costumes are not okay. So of course, you're probably thinking, well, obviously, you can't do that at the US parks either. But what's so interesting is that a lot of amusement parks in Japan, and USG as well, will allow you to wear costumes. And I'm talking like all-out costumes. And it doesn't matter if it's something in the theme park or not, you can wear a costume. And like some amusement parks, I've seen people wear, it's, it's kind of creepy. It's like an anime character doll head. And, like, even that's allowed in some places, which is really kind of shocking to me. Yeah. Have you seen that? I can't remember. I don't think so. But I was also really surprised about USJ that you could wear costumes all the time. I'm like, what? Yeah, I see that a lot. Like, people are wearing costumes quite often. Yeah. In the parks. I think I saw someone wearing, like, a Princess Peach dress. Uh Uh-huh. It's really cool and very fun. Yeah, it's fun that they actually allow it. So in this case, Disney's kind of like the exception to the rule, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, so you can't dress up all year at Tokyo Disney, but at the other theme parks in Japan, they're kind of like, eh. But check the rules. Not everywhere, you know. Yeah, always check the rules first. You don't want to be caught by surprise. (laughs) So yeah, those are uh, just, a, I guess, a handful of things that you can't do at Tokyo Disneyland. Because, yeah, it doesn't work the same here as the U.S. parks or other Disney parks in the world. And Japan has some has some quirks, you know, is the best way to put it. <laughs> there, there's some quirks. Well, before we go, though, explorers, we have to thank some wonderful explorers who are supporting us over on Patreon. Remember, if you want to support the show, you can head on over to Patreon.com/tdr now. And we do have a new entry today. Oh, wait, what? We do. A big thank you to Acro Disney Girl. Adam, Amanda C, Amy B, Amy C, Mama Explorer, Benjamin, Brent M, Carrie, Chris B, Claire, Claudia, Dave, David, Baker, Kevin, and correct me if I'm wrong, Shani, Shani B, Shani, Shani, I don't know how to pronounce that properly. That's uh, uh, that's one of our new our, our new entry for today. Hey, welcome. So, yay. yay. And a really big thank you to Jamie, 
Jose, Kathy, Lee, Marie H, Michael, Murray, Sophie, Spoopy, Thomas, Kay, Alexandra, Lizzie, Amy, and Andy, Eli, Dana, and Cassandra. Big thank you, Explorers. And remember to rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts from. We're also on uh, Spotify as well. And if you have any questions for us, uh, send them to us, contact at tdrexplorer.com, or you can just find us on, on Twitter. We're on there as well. And everything we talked about here, up on our website, tdrexplorer.com. We're also on all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you know. And I'm one of your hosts, Chris, Chief Content Editor for TDR Explorer. And I am the one that is not asking for ketchup on my burger because I don't want to cause a fuss. (laughs) (laughs) And joining as always is the wonderful Patricia. I am the one really, really wishing that we could get a You Are Here mug for the Disney parks here. That would be like my dream. Even if they don't sell it in the parks, they sold it at Mayama. I would be fine with that, but I would love that so much. You guys, thank you so much for listening and keep exploring. Talk to you next time. <laughs>